and welcome. My name is Raya Cvetkova. And I'm Ali Honoremu. And we are from the Future Now Association. Together, we'll be presenting this podcast, a part of the project Storytelling for Youth Work, funded by the Erasmus Plus program of the European Union. This is one part of a multi-part podcast in which we will talk to longtime storytellers, dungeon masters, and overall RPG players. The two of us are also role-playing game fans and are lucky enough to have experienced a variety of them. In these games, we've found inspiration, means of growth and development, and of course, a lot of fun. We will discuss how storytelling can have a positive effect on your personal growth, and how to turn it into a fun activity for your friends or family, or a way to find and build new relationships and friendships. Stick through to see what made these individuals hooked on storytelling. Take their time-earned advice and learn how you can develop your own story or be part of one. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Today with us is Stella, who also goes by Joy. Uh, she's been personally for me a dungeon master in a Dungeons and Dragons game. Uh, she also has experience as a player and with all kinds of other games. So she has long time experience in the RPG world and she's going to share with us today some of her points of view. Hi, Stella. Hi, Joy. Hey, guys. I'm Hi, ready Stella. to share some wisdom here, or I'll try. Can you start with telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, I have been, um, I'm a wild book reader and fantasy fan. Uh, ever since I was a little girl, and this basically sparked my my inspiration and imagination. Um, professionally, like, should the um, I'm sorry, should I give you information about me professionally and where I'm going, or as a dungeon master? Whatever you choose. For a question that sucks always, because who likes being yeah. asked, tell me something about yourself. You're handling it beautifully. Of course. Um, well, right now, I'm working as as a tech support, but find an outlet in 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 role playing games. And basically, I think that's about it. I'm not sure what else I can. Yeah. I can mention about myself. I'm twenty. We'll find out more things about you hmm? while we're talking. We'll That's... find out more things. Yeah. Don't worry. This is a stressful situation. But you were you were starting to say you were twenty. I'm twenty-eight, 20. I think. Okay. <laughs> Depending on the calendar, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to mention about myself. When did you get I into RPGs? Maybe. Yeah. Into RPG specifically. Yeah. Um it was a weird phase when I was just discovering the internet because I in my childhood I wasn't surrounded by any kind of role playing games or uh games overall. 
so it was when I discovered the internet. And the first form of RPG that I actually encountered was these uh, forums where you actually role-played with other people and stories that you made. And it's basically what sparked the joy of creating your own story, creating... Um, Creating it in collaboration with someone else and building something together. This is this is what started it, and then it has been basically a snowball effect. Hmm. That's amazing. What was that first form like? What was the story? It was a uh, it was a fan based one uh, on an already existing. Uh, a franchise and basically it it played on your desire to you know be a special one be a part of the story uh in a way but then it got like reborn into something more you just didn't want to be uh part of the story essentially um essentially i grew is one of those people that actually started narrating for for the others like because there's always like um the members most of them are just players but occasionally there is this like storyteller that pushes push, pushes a story in some way mm -hmm. um so you took up that question? role <laughs> what was i i did before? essentially I did i found the joy in it if you will Joy. Yeah. <laughs> so so the first one. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay. No, I was just curious because you said that was the the first one, and then you had it had a snowball effect. What other games came after? Well, I had a following few others like that. And then uh, I came to the D&D world. I actually haven't tried many other role-playing games out of it. Either they have been entirely free, like, um, entirely free storytelling with very few rules, like several card games, like uh, Glue or uh, Gloom, or Once Upon a Time, they also, um, they also relied on heavy storytelling. But there were quick party games. Uh, for long-term role-playing, uh, I've tried only D&D with, you know, as a, um, as a playing system. Mm -hmm. Do you focus on a specific edition, or is it something you've made? I, at some point, I tried making something myself, but mm -hmm. it, it just... It didn't allow me to focus on the story. I had to also um, focus on the rules, and it was pointless. Uh, of course, there is a joy in that for some people. For me, it was too distracting, and I prefer to focus on the story. I prefer to focus on the characters. So uh, I was introduced to the fifth edition of uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Mm -hmm. That is very friendly for new players. E uh, they're quick and easy to to get into and then focus on what you actually care about and it's having fun. <laughs> Great, that sounds amazing. So the first um, RPG you played it was a text-based on a forum, as you said, right? Yeah, they, they were. They were very fun, but also chaotic. Yeah. And with random people also, so 
it's it had its ups and downs, but it was a good start. Mm, talk about the ups and downs and how RPGs affect us. And as you said, it, it was um, a way out of your daily life. Um, I want to ask, how do you think RPGs have impacted your life? And either in socializing or in matters of creativity? It, they definitely changed a lot uh, about my personality because mm, when I started, um, it was, you know, I was more uh, introverted than I am now. I'm still, but uh, <sighs> then it was a little bit more. And um, in a way, it did help me develop my social skills. It did help me develop my confidence, especially when you start uh, leading the game yourself. Because this is when you get in charge. And getting in charge does absolutely boost your confidence, your skill to talk, your skill to um, talk in front of other people and lead them into a situation you're creating. It also helped me in a way that it developed my creativity, my ability to improvise. And that's, I think that's the most important thing. And not just about descriptions or situations, but about problems that the players may create that I have not been prepared for. And in, in that case, you just have to, on the spot, adapt. And this is definitely the most valuable skill. Of course, uh, the social part is also very important, uh, and it helped me, sh it helped shape me as a person, as I am today. But this flexibility that a person develops as a game master is—it's so helpful, and it can be applied in so many cases and situations. And it's also amazing how you can be surprised by yourself because I've had those moments where I lead the game and I somehow managed to do it in a convincing enough way that while the others are discussing or making theories or something of the sort, I'm just hiding behind the DM screen and I'm like, wow, did I actually just come up with that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> From a, a player perspective in your game, you are also extremely organized. Is that something that you caught on with playing the game or was it something? Oh my God. Uh, yes, definitely. I actually didn't realize that, but now that you pointed, it definitely helped me understand how to prioritize my time so that I can combine this hobby uh, with other parts of my life, work, school, and so on. Um, that is something that definitely helped me value my time more. And during the process itself, uh, by structuring the game, preparing for the game, preparing materials that may be needed or not be needed, uh, is, it definitely helps you boost that skill of um, being able to manage your time and resources. So this is definitely also a valuable skill that can can absolutely be helpful in any kind of you know daily daily life. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've seen the the binders, the all the notes, the drawings. It's really amazing. Thank you. Um, I try not to like. It can be it can be like um, a vicious cycle, really, because in some cases, 
you can over prepare so much that it distracts you from from the main uh, event, so to say, and you get caught up on trying to figure out things or um, or stuff that the players may not even get to, not just in this session, but in the future, like several months or the future months. Um, a person has to, at some point, realize for themselves how much is necessary for their own preparation and what they're comfortable with. What I personally prefer is to make enough material that would help me improv improvise. So I like to prepare my stuff, do my homework, uh, for the game, for the let's say pst, um, the next few sessions, but I try to avoid the moment where I start preparing unnecessary stuff so that it gets in 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 the way. It's also something that you can easily get caught up into, just thinking of stuff that are not important at at uh, the time. So you also prioritize your tasks really. What's important? What's less important? It's it's a good skill, I, I hope. For sure. It mm, definitely is. sounds like it. So we mentioned well for of, me. So <laughs> um, we mentioned a lot of skills. You mentioned actually a lot of skills that you've gained, like organizational, social skills, skills in leading people, improvising. Did we miss something? Time management. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can't really think of anything else unless like, it's possible that someone throws something into me and I'm like, oh my god, yes, also this. <laughs> but at the time being, I think that these are the most important skills that I have developed for myself because previously I had issues with organizing my time. I wasn't the best student. I wasn't, I'm not the best, uh, like employee, always have something to work on. Um, I was extremely like awkward and introverted person, but this helped me develop in a way as, uh, so much that I can actually come to a podcast and, uh, share my opinions or experience so this is a huge step from my let's say 14 year old so these are the most important skills that i have developed in myself and i, I think that have the most uh weight in in my own life of course it sounds like a blend of uh, <clears throat> hard and soft skills that you've uh, developed uh, yeah. all of them are very important very a lot of interpersonal skills from what you mentioned that's yeah. definitely a good way to put it, yes. And not only that, you're, you're not here just sharing, but you are here so potentially inspiring other people to start this, either by leading or joining d, &D. I hope so. so. I hope that there is at least one person that will say, hey, you know what, I've always wanted to try this. Let's get my closest friends that are open to the idea and get on a table together and have some fun. Yeah, well, even if one person does change their mind, that is a huge change you can inspire. Um, now, talking about skills, um, have you gained more skills or can you differentiate what skills you gained by playing or by leading role-playing games? Because you um, were both a player and a dungeon master. 
Yes, I have. Uh, it is it is definitely a different experience. As a dungeon master, you have to kind of step in the leading role and do this and that and this and that, prepare and so on. As a player, uh, you come to a table with an already made story um, and, you know, challenges that they will, they will throw at you. Um, mm -hmm. In this case, as a player, uh, it's the most important thing is the teamwork. Oh, once again, it's a you know it's a social skill, but in a different way. You have to learn to cooperate with people uh, first to problem to to uh, for problem solving, and then mm -hmm. to it just pure cooperation and role playing sense because. There can be one player at the table that is um, like overly active and may take the spotlight and steal it from the others. Uh, it's mm -hmm. good to find the balance, uh, and of course, each pe each person finds it for for themselves and for their own uh, chemistry and dynamic with the group. But being able to find your place in that way as a player, and you know. Um, and, and try to complement each other is definitely something important that is um, that is good to develop as as a team because the party essentially they are a team uh, in a similar way as you can be a team in your uh, office and try to uh, try to solve a problem together. Mm. I like the, the way you link the playing in a party in D&D, how it is, it's very closely associated to your daily life, which is working in an office, as you said. There's For example, a, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good example. Um, all right, should I continue? <laughs> um, if you want, I was, uh, I was thinking about what you said earlier about inspiring uh, new people to join. So when you are inspiring the young storytellers, what would you give them as advice? Um, For someone before... Sorry, sorry. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I couldn't... I, I, um, I can get a good idea of the, of the pause there and I thought that the question is uh, over. Yeah, finish, please. <laughs> no, no, I was just asking, like, if, uh, if someone is uh, inspired, like we said, let's start tomorrow, I'm taking my friends. How do they start? What should they look out for? That sort of thing. Um, well, if you're starting as a dungeon master, if you're deciding to try it out, it may be overwhelming because there's a lot of rules. Uh, you don't have to follow any of them or at least even half of them. You're free to improvise. You're free to follow your own like flow. The most important thing is to be forgiving to yourself and to the other players. Uh, everybody makes mistakes. It's about self-discovery uh, at the end of the day for you as a dungeon master and for um, the same process that the people at the other side of the table were going through. Um, it's good to have a general concept of what you're going to be doing. It's good to have a basic concept of what you expect from the game. Like, for example, some people prefer more action-packed games. For others, this may be boring and repetitive. Uh, they may, may prefer mystery or 
or anything. Uh, lots of options here. So it's good for if if you have a group that you want to try out something with. It's good to and if they're friends um, and you already know each other, uh, it will be good to have some sort of um, understanding and what you're going to be doing. If you're getting a random a group of people, which is also possible. Let's say there's uh, school clubs or you grabbed a bunch of people from the internet uh, to play online. It's good to set these expectations in advance, just so that there's no one disappointed, there's no one with uh, wrong expectations. And if you're new, let the others know. Uh, for example, in case there is uh, a more experienced player at the table, or if you have friends that may expect you to lead them. Um, it's good to know that each and every one of you may make mistakes and it's good to be forgiving. Yeah, uh, I can mm. praise you in that way that when we were starting out the game, you did kind of uh, ask us, you polled us, what would we prefer? Where would we want the story to head? And it was very uh, enjoyable as a player to also have a say in how it goes. I'm I'm definitely glad to hear that it had that impact because for me at this point it comes as kind of like common sense, but it it is not necessarily a given. And I've heard a lot of horror stories where people had wrong expectations, feelings get hurt, uh, and so on. So it's good to have your your boundaries set. And it's not even for like a uh, general idea of what you expect from the game. It may be even for some sensitive stuff. If you're uncomfortable with something, uh, for example, if you don't like too much violence in your games or anything that one person in particular may have against, it's good to state it in, in advance because no one, even if it's friends, uh, it's, it's good to have it in mind because we can't assume we can't assume we can't guess or read thoughts so laid it all out on the table get an arrangement and understanding in advance and as soon as you're uh as soon uh, i'm sorry as far as your patient it should go fine it's really beautiful yeah it's really beautiful yeah. Oh, you guys are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you played with RPGs, you played mostly D&D. Is there some other um, storytelling uh, story you'd like to possibly start? I mean, I know there are a lot of other variations. Is there something else that uh, you would like to experiment with? Or has oh. D&D covered you? Oh no, definitely it has not. Uh, there's a lot of fun formats there. For example, something that I've always wanted to try. Um, they are once again more in the category of fun party role-playing games that are short and chaotic. But these are the one-page uh, RPGs that are basically a simple set of rules, not too much dice, not too much um, rules just pure improvisation between the players at the table and the story can go mm -hmm. wild uh there may be like a dungeon master but it's 
it's very loose and it's more like guiding uh, the general direction of the story while the players just take it and rip it apart in the most positive way, of course. Um, there's also a lot of other uh, things that I'd like to, to try set in different um, set in different settings or with different mm -hmm. like gaming systems. D&D is definitely not not the end. And as long as there is anyone to try them with, I'm Owen. Okay, that sounds nice, especially the one-page the um, RPGs. I could see you definitely creating something like this and testing it out. <laughs> pretty yeah. Cool. I think that they're a great introduction to role-playing because um, it's not overwhelming. You need, as a dungeon master, a very basic idea of a story. So it's not like you will need to spend uh, hours of preparation. And um, it will be a good way to define how okay you are and with the idea of role-playing. Because this, even this can be challenging. Like, I've had um, players that decided that role-playing is not for them and it's difficult for them to put themselves in the shoes of characters. So maybe something like this is also a good introduction because it's quick, fast-paced, fun. If it's not your cup of tea, it's not, uh, uh, it's not too engaging and you can leave at any point. Okay, uh, just a follow-up question about this. How do you place yourself in the character? You've also, either by playing the NPCs or by creating your own characters, how do you feel like you're in the shoes of this character? You're, how do you feel as the character? Is there a process you're going through? For me, in, per, uh, in particular, I definitely need the process. I um, Because I generally try to... Um, if I'm playing a long-term character, uh, I usually try to base these characters close to my understandings and my ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, just because this is what I'm most comfortable with. If it's something short-term, I can go wild and may experiment. Um, but for something long-term that would require actual thought of what would this person do? What for? How would they act in this situation? I'm most comfortable with something that's close to, to myself. Um, for me, I've noticed that for me as a player, it's more difficult. For me, mm. it's easier to, to be a dungeon master. Okay. That's interesting. It's also really cool. And us, the players on the receiving end, are very happy that you're happy being the dungeon master, so we can enjoy the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. always, I, I enjoy being the dungeon master because this is what I'm most comfortable with. But I'm also fine with going out of uh, my comfort zone. So, if any of you guys decides to, you know, DM a game, I would be more than happy to be a player and try something new. I, I thought for a second you were talking to the audience overall. I was like, this is very um, adventurous of you. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I know. Speaking of the audience, uh, I, I could pick out some advice that you could have been giving. Like the maybe start from the one-pager RPGs to try it out. 
or how to build your idea of it or to be adventurous and try out things. Is there something you would like to give as advice, like a final note for our listeners? As a dungeon master? As a as a Stella, as Joy. As a Stella. Okay, well um it's important to work with the people on the table, even if you're a dungeon master or a player. It's it's this is the key to having fun. No one wants to have someone that's upset or someone that's uncomfortable or someone that is like feeling bad that they're not getting their place in the spot line. Work with people, have fun. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Rules are not a law. You can change them. You can ignore them. You can follow them whenever necessary, extremely strictly, depending on on the game that you want to have. And it's good to know, as I mentioned earlier, to know what you want to expect from a game. Hmm. That's the the golden rule I've seen in some books written. The golden rule of rules. Do what you want in the end, as long as it's fun. (laughs) Basically, yes. And listen to your dungeon master also. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A note from the dungeon master. Listen to the dungeon master. (laughs) Well, it it has master in the name, so... (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's... Oh, it should be obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but in some cases, like for example, yeah. if there's a conflict at the table or um, or a potentially problematic game, it's the dungeon master that should have your back and should step in and should intervene or you know act accordingly so that there is justice at the table, if you will. Um, so in in some cases you should rely on their judgment and if you think that their judgment is off uh mention it to them discuss it with them mm, that's really good advice great thank you joy Sarah. thank, thank you, you so much guys. And... all right right do you have any other questions to ask I think we got our final remarks as well. Yeah, I think so too. And we said thank well, you. Thank you, Jerry. I thank you for the opportunity, and I hope that uh, this this will be useful and inspiring. I'm sure someone will be listening to you and already uh, starts feeling the tingle of uh, of the want to try. <laughs> <laughs>